Hi everybody, it's Tova from Operation Tube Top. Sorry for that little delay, um, technical issues, and the fact that I'm a little bit tired and it's been a long day. Uh, happy Thursday night, I guess it's Thursday. Slowly winding down our second week of Raphael going to school, and uh, I couldn't be happier with how everything's going. He's just been a real, real superstar, and I cannot believe the amount of energy he has. Uh, yesterday was another 10-hour day, and uh, tomorrow is another long day. And he, he's still he's in bed, but he doesn't want to fall asleep because, yeah, that's my boy. Um, also, we, uh, we had an appointment today at his stomach doctor because, as I've mentioned in the blog before, he's had a lot of stomach issues for a long time. And we went to his um, pediatrician uh, a few times, and we were given a kind of a, what's it called, prescription for something called OptiFiber, which is, I guess, the Austrian Metamucil. And uh, it was 30 euros for this kind of jug of powder, and it didn't seem to help that much. And uh, then when we went to the stomach specialist six weeks ago, we were given a prescription and it's another big tub, but I think it was like five euros. And when I went into the pharmacy to, to get it, uh, the, the woman was like, do you want it under your private insurance or under the, the public that you're also covered? And I was like, what do you suggest? And she was like, well, let's go for public. It's cheaper. I was like, sounds good. So this huge tub of medicine, um, turned out to only cost about five euros, which was pretty amazing. Um, and I don't know if you can hear, but the door is creaking because there's this crazy storm happening outside, which I will talk about in a second. I'm just going to try to fix this door before it crashes open like a horror film. Okay, I'm back. Um, I said to the husband, I'm like, I can't work under these conditions. No, I'm joking. Um, I'm in the bedroom and he's in the living room. And I think he wonders what the hell I'm doing sitting in bed with a microphone. Very, very professional uh, studio. Anyway, yeah, so the storm, it's funny because it was an absolutely gorgeous day. I mean, it was almost 30 degrees and sunny. And then someone I know posted on Facebook a warning about the storm. So, of course, I'm all over the Internet going, what storm? And, yeah, they, they warned that there would be uh, winds up to 140 kilometers an hour. And uh, that kind of put me into a panic because, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Wind is, wind is scary. Um, but, yeah, I'm at home. I'm in my PJs. It's perfect. After work, as I said, we had to go to this uh, doctor and kind of as a, as a checkup. And he has this amazing office in the 12th district. It's converted villa, and it's just absolutely gorgeous place. I want to be like, I have stomach issues, too. This place is fantastic. Um, the good news, too, is that we talked to him about getting um, the kids some more um, vaccines. It's been a while since we've been able to go because he freaks out. It's very difficult to get him to um, stay still. And while our pediatrician is, is quite good, it's we, we need some more you know backup. So we've been able to um, talk to this guy. He works at the um, Sankt Anna, the, the kids' hospital here. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to get my kid shot up with stuff. So that's exciting. Uh, of course, we took a taxi there and a taxi back and Raphael was amazing. We ordered some dinner and yeah, just enjoying hearing the wind and being at home and not walking around with lawn darts. Um, this podcast is actually going to be um, a little bit about happiness because this is a conversation I've been having with a friend the last couple of days, and but before I get to that, I'm going to, of course, talk about just 
things that have been going on. Uh, yesterday, I um, there was a charity event after work, and I had a little bit of time to kill, so I stopped at Schwedenplatz, and I did something that I never really do. I actually got a slice of pizza. Well, I lie. I never do this when I'm um, completely sober and alone. I got a slice of pizza at one of the stands, and I stood and had uh, a slice of pizza. And it's funny because I have no problem going into a restaurant on my own and sitting down and reading my book and eating. But doing it, I guess, kind of standing on your own seemed like a weird thing to conquer, a fear, I guess, to conquer. And um, it was delicious. Thanks for asking. Um, healthy. Uh, after that, I walked to the expat center, which is just behind the parliament buildings. And I realized kind of when I walked in that I was absolutely exhausted and I couldn't stay long. I had a quick drink, uh, said hi to a couple of friends, and then I just had to head home because I just... It just this wave hit me of, yeah, I can't do this. Um, it's been a busy few days and I'm currently, uh, what's it called? No, I'm not currently. I'm about to share some news about an autism friendly hour at a museum. So hopefully that'll be up tomorrow. And it's just kind of a little bit of back and forth trying to figure out how to best phrase it. And when I say that, I mean my terrible German grammar. So that's exciting. I can't wait. That's going to be on the 30th of September at 9 a.m. and details coming soon. Um, so this morning, uh, you know, the same spiel of getting the kid ready. And um, I was waking up at 6. He has to be on the bus by 6.35. Uh, but I decided this time to wake up at 5.40 so I can drink my coffee in peace and then start to get him ready. And we've kind of got the routine down pat, make him a snack uh, to bring with him, get him changed and dressed and try to, you know, tear him out of bed. And then we walk downstairs, all three of us, and, you know, we're like, yay, this is the best day ever. Woo, Rafa, we're on the bus. And then we show up and I look at the bus driver like, hi, how are you feeling? You're, you're good to drive? And then I look at the woman behind the bus and I big smile. And then there's one boy, I think he's probably at 11 or 12 years old, and every time we've shown up with uh, uh, Raphael in the morning, he always looks very sullen and not very happy, and I wouldn't be at 6.35 in the morning. Uh, thank you, coffee. So uh, this time I was rewarded with a smile and a wave, which was fantastic from this boy. So we're winning him over. We're winning him over. So that really uh, was exciting, and also Raphael is just such a superstar getting into the bus. I think he truly enjoys the ride uh, there and back. And of course, since we haven't really heard anything from the school, I kind of was wondering if he'd started a gang, you know, he'd come back with a teardrop uh, tattoo under his eye. Um, so uh, the husband wrote a little note because we have a notebook that we send back and forth with, um, they will put notes in there if they have to, and we it's been empty. Um, I was waiting for like, I don't know, writing in blood. Um, Anyway, so we wrote a note this morning saying, you know, how's it going? Hope he's being okay. And uh, they wrote back and said, um, yeah, he's uh, he's being great. He, he's a little impatient sometimes, but otherwise he's doing amazing. So I'm very, um, yeah, I'm thrilled, thrilled to hear that. I'm just going to take a quick little break and I'll be right back. I need a little bit of water. Maybe some scotch. We'll see. And uh, stay tuned for the next uh, couple of stories. And then I really, truly will get started on um, talking about happiness. So um, 
Yeah, yeah. Also, last night, what I wanted to mention was when I was uh, heading towards uh, the charity event, uh, I was listening to my podcast, not mine, a podcast, and suddenly there was this insane whistling behind me, this big, huge whistle, and I jumped. And I am easily scared. I'm very jumpy. Um, I'm always on the lookout for danger. And this almost had me act, as I wrote on Facebook, like a fainting goat. I almost just passed out on the street. And it was a man just whistling at his wife to get her attention. And I guess she was about 100 meters away. And I could have decked him because I was so terrified. And I've always been like this. I've always been somewhat jumpy and uh, scared (laughs) of things. And it was funny because my mom used to always scare my sister and she used to hide in her closet when she'd come back from the shower and then jump out at her, um, family secrets being revealed on this podcast. And my sister to this day, um, when she walks out and in, walks into her bedroom, she will check her closet for my mother. Uh, I, I don't know if that's healthy, but that's kind of something we grew up with. And I guess when I was younger, my mom, tried to scare me as well and I may or may not have passed out and she realized um, that I'm not the right person to scare because I probably will have a heart attack and I, I just can't I can't deal with it I even watch um, silly shows that shouldn't be scary under like pretty little liars I had to put on mute sometimes I'm just I'm very jumpy and um, this new the film it is coming out the new version I'm never going to see it uh, sorry Michael just not going to happen and uh, I've to this day I'm terrified of clowns I can't look at them I can't see them they just they're awful awful things um, before I forget this podcast is dedicated to my friend Sarah S who is at home with a stomach virus she texted me this evening and she was like, thank you for your podcast. I got to listen to them all day. And um, she said, I'm probably going to be dreaming of your voice. And I was like, that's right. You better, better dream of me. Um, so I hope you feel better. And uh, I'll hopefully see you on Monday at work. Um, this morning after uh, we got Rafa on the bus, I decided to go for a run because it's just been so great to be able to run. And... Uh, I go running around, I guess it's 10 to 7, and so, you know, there's a lot of people out, it's still light, it's a safe district, but I'm always very aware, and in the past I never listened to music, not because of safety, but because I never really figured out how to download music onto my phone, but now that I've realized I can download uh, stuff like My Favorite Murder um, or Teen Creeps, which I'll talk about in a second, onto my phone, it's been great. I feel very motivated to run. Uh, and usually I'm left alone. I don't have anybody, uh, bothering me. But then this morning I was just coming around the corner from Marguerite to go back up the street and then head back home. And, uh, this man who looked from a distance, kind of seemingly normal, suddenly says to me, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm annoyed. Like, don't stop somebody running. And I kind of go, yeah, what? And he's like, oh, where's Maya Hofgasse? And it's a street that's not that far away, but it's not close either. And my, as my friend said, like, don't you have GPS on your phone? Like, what is this? And I tell him uh, to go down the street and turn And I kind of gave him the long form direction because I didn't want him behind me as I was running back home. Um, this is a paranoid thing. But, you know, as women, we sadly have to constantly be aware of our surroundings. 
And then he was asking some more questions and I was like, uh, I gotta go. And then he's yelling behind me as I'm running. And it really pissed me off because number one, I'm running. Don't interrupt me because I will pass out in a minute. And number two, don't yell at me. I'm it's 7 a.m. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk you somewhere, sir. You can ask somebody else. I'm sure there's a gas station down the street. You can find really, really ticks me off. So um, to all the people out there, when you see somebody running, unless you've lost a limb, don't stop a runner. Like let them go. And when I say running very liberally. I'm I'm jogging or kind of speed walking don't don't interrupt that like it's just rude and it's it's obnoxious and uh yeah so I was annoyed about that and it made me but you know the good thing is it made me run a lot faster because I was like well he probably wants to murder me um as I just recently or just said like a minute or two ago I mentioned teen creeps which I've talked about before and they're this great podcast and it's these two women who review old young adult books uh, from my childhood. So like R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike. And it was the, the coolest thing. I think it was yesterday. They did a screenshot of Christopher Pike, the author, uh, tweeting about their podcast. And it was so amazing. Cause I just think, wow, he's kind of an elusive character. This, this writer has never really been I, well, because we didn't have internet back then, probably would have stalked him, but don't know much about this author, but Christopher Pike books were terrifying, and but a huge part of my childhood, and these two women just, you know, they deserve that kind of shout out, and it was really super exciting to see, I guess I would probably freak out if someone like Anne Rice, I mean, I haven't read one of her books for years, but if somebody who I was um, honoring or talking about, uh, tweeted about me, I think I would lose my mind and probably pass out like a, a fainting goat. So that was a very long introduction to what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about happiness. And I've written about happiness before. And I think it's a very, I think it's kind of the number one thing we're all trying to achieve, whether we're trying to achieve happiness through um, making money, having a beautiful place, raising our children right, losing weight, uh, looking like uh, Gigi Hadid. I mean, whatever we're trying to do is really what we consider happiness. And I've had long conversations with friends about what makes us happy. And there's things that make us happy like um, uh, material goods or there are things like our health. And I just thought I would talk a little bit about happiness and how I try to attain it and how other people attain it. And I have to say the last few months, I haven't been at my happiest. Um, it's been a really rough summer uh, with Raphael having a lot of stomach issues. Also, this overwhelming sense of foreboding. Um, is that foreboding? Sure. Uh, that's the word we're going to use today of Raphael starting school and how he would react. Also, there's a bit of um, frustration about raising money for the Autism Center. There's been a lot of work behind the scenes trying to make contacts and network and try to make things happen. And it's just, it's a lot of uh, work, especially when I work full time. And then I have vanity projects like my blog and this podcast. So that's my own fault. Um, and then also, of course, you know, spending holiday time with my family seeing my friends. There's a lot on my plate. And then, um, but the most important thing is trying to get this autism center off the ground. But I had a really good meeting the other week about a possibility of, um, collaborating for a location, which stay tuned for that. I hope that works out. Um, but I think mostly it was just this kind of 
a bizarre summer for me. It didn't feel very, I wasn't very happy. And I, I know I was generally happy. I mean, things weren't terrible, but things were very difficult for a while. And I think it's only been this week that I'm fully kind of embracing being happy again. There's this type of fear where uh, sometimes you feel like you can't be happy because something bad might happen. And I think that's a really hard way to live because then you're always keeping that um, that fear in you. And sometimes you just have to let go and just try to be as happy as possible. So I wrote down some notes and uh, I was kind of thinking about times in my life that I felt incredibly happy. And I was telling a friend about this today and I said, I remember when I worked at the Bay in the buying office and this must have been, oh my gosh, 15 years ago. And... Um, I think I was 21 and lived in a tiny apartment with the husband in Toronto and we didn't have a coffee maker because the husband doesn't drink coffee and it just seemed like something we couldn't, it was a, an expense not worth spending. I could just stop at Timmy's, pick up a double-double uh, coffee and it just you know seemed something that was a luxury I didn't need at that point and I was telling a coworker at that time, we shared a cubicle and I was like, yeah, well, I don't have a coffee maker but it's okay, you know, I, I'll survive. And, uh, I had gone away for lunch. And then when I came back, there was a percolator coffee machine on my, uh, chair in a box. And I was like, what is this? She's like, I got you a gift. And it was a $20 machine. And I, I don't think I could imagine how overwhelmed I was by this. And so incredibly touched that she went out of her way to, get me this gift. And I remember bringing it home. I got the coffee filters and that morning, the next morning I made myself a coffee and drinking that coffee in my apartment. I thought, this is amazing. This is just, this is so incredible. And while I was telling my friend this, she was like, so material goods make you happy. And I said, no, it was the whole idea of having this coffee in the morning in my apartment. And it's funny how, um, Nowadays, that would just be a given. Of course, I have a coffee maker. Of course, I drink coffee in the morning. Oh, who, what the barbarian doesn't have a coffee maker? But that to me was such a sense of happiness and having that was a luxury for me. I also remember uh, when we finally got a washing machine a few years ago because we used to go to the basement and uh, we finally got a washing machine. And that felt like such a luxury and different things uh, as you get older and things don't have that same um, of course you'd have a washing machine, you know, I'm 36, I have a kid, a washing machine would be something that would be considered kind of a normal item. And your wants and your needs develop as you get older, you start maybe making more money and you're more established. And I want to be able to capture those moments again. I think that's, I don't ever want to be jaded and take things for granted. And I think that's a big part of happiness is looking at back, back at pivotal times in your life, like something that's maybe so small, but made you so incredibly happy. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I need to take stock. I need to realize that things, um, little things can mean a whole lot. And I think that we all have to kind of look back and try to think about moments in your life that you were just so incredibly happy. I mean, the birth of my son was amazing, but that was filled with a lot of fear too. Like, what if I drop him? Um, what if he wants to wear Crocs? And he did for a long time and I, I got used to it. Um, I also think that a big thing in life is, um, gratitude. And I've talked about this a million times. I actually have cheesy enough, a gratitude journal. I try to write down every day, five things I'm grateful for. 
and it it makes me realize that I do have a lot of things uh, that are great in my life. And some people might think it's a little bit too um, vision board, but you know what? If it works for you and if it gives you a moment to kind of pause and reflect on what you have, it's great. And I can always tell. Uh, looking back at my gratitude journal when I've had a really bad day because it'll say something like, I'm so glad I didn't push that woman in front of a bus. I'm so glad I didn't smother my husband with a pillow. Um, Those are things that I think are important. I think you really need to take that time and think, wow, I have a roof over my head. I have um, plaid pajamas that match my plaid bedding right now. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I'm grateful for a son that despite autism, in terms of the struggles he has being nonverbal, I'm so grateful that he's healthy and that he's happy. And I think this is something that we all need to do. It's so easy to lose sight of all the great things that we have in our life. And even when things are really crappy, you can find something to be grateful for. Like, for example, I'm grateful I didn't kill somebody today. Um, I'm grateful that there was still some wine left over on the counter. That's a big thing. It's, it's things like that and how our, um, You'll always should be able to find something to be grateful for. I'm not talking if you're going through an incredibly terrible tragedy, but in general, you're always going to find at least five things you can be grateful for. And they can be the most ridiculous thing, like, thank goodness, I'm grateful for uh, that leftover square of toilet paper. Thank you for that spare square. Um, So I think that for me is a really important tool. Another thing that I also... uh, try to do is think about the things that I love to do, the things that fulfill me the most. And, um, of course my son is very, very important, but so are my friends and my family and, you know, going out and having dinner and drinking red wine. I, I love to, um, I love to podcast now. That's my, have you noticed? Have you noticed I like to do that? Um, I'd like to blog when I have the time When I have time to do that. That really fulfills me. What also fulfills me is um, being able to help people. And through the Facebook page, Autism in Vienna, I feel like that's very much fulfilled. And I sometimes I'm not always able to write back right away. And then there are times that it's easy to sometimes feel very taken advantage of. I've had a lot of times where I spend a lot of time on something and then there's no kind of real response back. And it's frustrating, but I have to realize that that's okay. And if you can help people, it's wonderful. I don't have a problem, and this is something that people talk a lot about, is they say, well, you just give to charity because that just makes you feel good. And I think, well, what's the problem about feeling good about giving to charity? That's great. Give and feel good about it. I mean, if I'd much rather someone give to charity and feel good about it than pushing someone in front of a bus and feeling good about it. Um, people need to be rewarded for the tasks that they do. Um, so go ahead, feel good about giving back. You're allowed to, and you're allowed to be praised for it. That's okay. Cause you're still doing good. I don't buy into this thing of, well, you know, you're just being selfish because you're getting, um, uh, you know, you're feeling good from this task that you're doing and what's the problem. Feel good about it. Your soul will be feeling good. Do it. I just, I don't, I don't understand that argument. And I'm pretty sure that someone's going to write me with a really good argument. (laughs) Um, Other things that I I love to, that make me happy, um, you know, hanging out with 
my son and snuggling with him on the sofa and or watching a true crime documentary or reading a book and uh, a walk in the fall. Even now running, I feel, has been an amazing thing to make me happy. Uh, I really have to, even like being on Pinterest or reading celebrity gossip, these are things that make me happy. And I need to really focus and try to do that as much as possible um, in addition to actually doing my job that pays me money to pay for my beautiful apartment. That would be good. Uh, that's good, too. Um, my friend was talking about uh, things like, for example, she really doesn't like her tea towels and she doesn't like her mugs. And she was thinking, why don't I just go out and buy these tea towels or these mugs? Like, what is stopping me? What is this thing this block, it wouldn't cost that much money for me to do it. Why am I not doing it? And I was kind of, we were talking also about like the things that we have, like the terrible underwear. We haven't seen each other's underwear, obviously, but she was saying like, I have terrible underwear. And I said, I have terrible underwear. I mean, I literally look like I have no money and I'm wearing underwear that you wouldn't, you know, as my mom said, always wear clear and clean underwear because you never know if you're going to get hit by a bus. And I obviously have refused that advice. Maybe I'm rebelling at 36. Um, but what is stopping me from like stopping at H&M and buying a pack of three underwear for 12 euros when I use that same money to take a taxi ride back from a night out where I probably spent much more on wine? It's funny how that's something that would probably make me happy. But actually, to be honest, I have bought uh, better underwear because our amazing nanny does our laundry. And I remember coming home one day and I was like seeing the drying rack and I was like, yeah, she shouldn't have to see that. That's not, no, I'm, I'm going to buy some some better underwear. So that was kind of something that forced me to do it. And then of course, a couple of weeks ago, I bought some new bras and then one of them tried to kill me. So that was one lesson I learned. Um, so you have to look at simple things like tea towels or mugs. Like, would, do these make you happy? Are you happy to use them or see them? And I think she, uh, she might go and buy those tea towels and mugs because it's something that you could so easily fix. And I don't know why we make mental blocks um, not to do it. For example, this was actually a little bit more pricey and complicated, but there were, um, there was a light in the bedroom and a light in Raphael's room in the kids' room. And I hated the light we had in our bedroom. It was a three tiered lamp and it's a cute lamp, but I hated it in the bedroom. I looked at it for the last past or for the past three years. And I was like, I hate you lamp. I hate you. And I was like, should I paint the little lampshades? Should I, I don't know what to do. I hate, and I just kept staring at it and it would bug me and bug me. And the kids, the, the lamp in the kids room was fine, but it wasn't giving an off, off enough light. And that was also an issue. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a handyman. We're going to switch the lights and something so simple, expensive, but so simple made me so much happier. I was like, Oh, I like my light right now. I'm looking at the light. I'm liking the light. I'm happy. So it's something that you, if something's bugging you, even if it's going to cost you money, I can guarantee you, you will feel so much better. I mean, if you have a baseboard you hate, paint it. And it's easy for me to say that now as I you know, sit under this great bedroom light. Um, but if you can get the time to do it, then you definitely should. Oh, I have company. Um, Raphael does not want to be in his bed, so he's now lying down beside me. So I'll do this for a few more minutes until he starts making noise. Um, yeah, so 
little things, big things, they can all make you happier. Uh, there was recently a study that showed that um, if you got something like a cleaning, cleaning help at home or takeout food, it made people happier because you didn't have to do what some people consider mundane work, cooking or cleaning. And I know in the experience of some friends, they hired, um, you know, a cleaning lady and suddenly they just felt so much happier. So if you can afford it, that's definitely an amazing thing. Okay, so the husband took Raphael back to bed. <laughs> Chaos in this house. Um, yeah, so let me continue with uh, being Tony fucking Robbins tonight with my uh, happiness advice. <laughs> uh, I think what it really boils down to is uh, you're the only one that's in control of your happiness. I mean, there are always uh, going to be exterior, th external, not external external? I can't even speak. Um, there's always going to be something that can mess you up. There are things out of your control, but you have to really take control of your own happiness. Uh, nobody's going to do it for you. And I remember a couple of years ago when I was back home in Canada and I was kind of crying to my mom, I was like, I just want someone to take care of me. I'm tired of having to be in control of everything. And she was like, you know what? Sorry, kiddo. That's adulthood. That's life. You know, you, you, you have to do it. You have to, you have to take care of yourself and you have, I mean, I'm lucky. I have a lot of great friends and if I ever called them and said, I need help, but you know, sometimes it's just, it's, it's nice for someone to kind of take control, but that's not the reality. The reality is that you are in charge of it and you are in charge of ensuring that, you know, you're happy. And it's kind of a, a terrible reality, I think, when you realize that you really are um, the one responsible. Because it's like, oh, it'd be so great to blame everybody else for why I'm unhappy. Um, I learned a long time ago that I can't blame everything on other people. And it's a, it, was a, it was a good lesson because I actually don't blame much. I do blame myself for a lot of things that don't go right. And I think, oh, God, I should have done that better. Or why didn't I write that person? Or um, why did I dump that person who ended up having a father on the Forbes list? Stupid, Tova, stupid. Um, but um, I genuinely have found a lot of peace in just realizing that I can control as much as I can. I, you know, there are things that have been thrown at me and very difficult situations. I, I never thought I'd be raising a special needs child. Um, but it's made me a better person. It's made me understand different things about me and my life and how I can handle so much. You have to give yourself so much more credit, um, because everybody's much stronger than they believe they are. And I find that the people who have gone through probably the hardest, um, tragedies or difficulties in their life, um, a lot of them are actually incredibly happy. Um, cause there's this club that nobody tells you about. And if you get a key, no, it's, um, because they start to realize that there are a lot of things to be grateful for in life. And, um, you don't, you don't sweat the small stuff as much anymore. I felt like I sweated a lot of the small stuff. And now I just don't have the energy to worry about certain things. Yeah. There's certain things that I get, um, very riled up about, but it's, they're kind of big things to get riled up about. And then, okay, maybe it's something like some guy stopping me running, stupid man. Uh, but otherwise I'm a lot happier than I used to be, which is kind of strange considering what we, what 
you know, we as parents are going through and all this, um, you know, the growing pains and the, the acceptance of certain things, but, uh, I'm a lot more at ease with who I am and what my life situation is, uh, as time goes by. And, uh, you can always tell somebody who's gone through some real shit in their lives. Uh, I mean, there are people who will never get over stuff and there's a lot of sadness and anger and it's hard for them to get over. But then, um, the people who've kind of pushed through it, you can see there's a certain light in their eyes that they've conquered something. Um, and it's funny because it's very easy to let other people control your emotions. And, uh, I think because I have a lot of empathy or I kind of feed off of other people, if someone I care about is in a bad mood, it can really affect me. And I feel, you know, very, um, ill at ease or, you know, there's somebody you might know that has a hard time kind of communicating something to you and you just think they're brushing you off or they're maybe being difficult about something and it maybe can ruin your day. And I realize that's my own projection. I've realized that, um, What's that term? Something that angers you the most is actually what angers, um, is something that you don't like in yourself. Um, oh, sorry. I had to take a quick break because, um, <laughs> trying to get, uh, Raphael back in bed. I don't know how he's still awake. Anyway, um, happiness, lost my tra train of thought. I don't know why this has turned into like a preachy podcast tonight. Um, I, I also want to quote my friend Deborah, who has said for a long time that happy people aren't mean. And I think that is incredibly true. Uh, I mean, she also listens to Gretchen Rubin. Wow. <laughs> if you've ever um, heard of her, I'm, I'm, I, I just make fun of my friend Deborah because she loves Gretchen Rubin. Uh, but she did write, I think about, was it the happiness project or she wrote this best-selling novel or book about how to be happy. And I think there's a lot of valid points in it. I started reading it and I was like, well, aren't you a smug bitch? <laughs> I'm joking. I, I, I think I just wasn't in the right. Uh, I don't think I was very happy at that moment to be reading that book. Uh, but she does have a lot of valid, um, valid things to, to say. Uh, and every time my friend Deborah's like, well, Gretchen said, I'm like, well, Gretchen said, <laughs> I'm, I'm a good person. See, happy people aren't mean. Um, <laughs> there are, of course, key things to make yourself happy that are not, um, about gratitude or little things. It's, you know, getting outside, getting exercise, uh, meditation, eating well, overrated, um, listening to music. And I think these are things that everyone should try to, um, you know, implement in their, in their lives if possible. And I know I struggle with trying to find the time to, um, get outside and get exercise, but I've realized that it's become very important to who I am and to my mental health. And the running has been so incredibly beneficial to be back at it. And I feel like my mood is so much better. Um, eating well, that'll happen eventually. A uh, glass of wine always. And um, yeah, you've got to find your own happiness and you've got to find um, what's going to make you tick. I think it's very, very easy, especially if you're a mother especially to young kids, to um, kind of ignore your own needs. And I'd always been clear pretty much the minute I was pregnant, I was like, at least once a week I need to go out with friends. I need to be out. And it's important. It's important to have that non-mommy time. And 
to get away from it for a little while. And if possible, I know that for a lot of people, this isn't possible. But even if you can set your alarm clock 15 minutes before your children wake up and just sit with a cup of coffee with your maybe $20 percolator in your tiny apartment uh, with a washing machine, you can find your 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 happiness and maybe your balance. And uh, there's so much more to talk about. I think I've been a little bit distracted from a child that refuses to go to bed. Um, by the way, moms, your kids want you to be happy. Um, that's a fact. I think it's really important to grow up and see that your parents have interests outside of you. And uh, I have to say my parents always had interests outside of us. And I think um, it was, it's important to see that your parents are happy and fulfilled. Uh, maybe don't run a crack den, um, but otherwise have a passion about something because I think that's important for kids to see. And I'm not mother of the year, uh, not even close. There's that coffee cup that says world's okayest mom, which I need and desperately want. That would make me happy. It would make me very happy to have that. Um, you have to, um, yeah, you have to really take control of it and do something. Um, if you're creative, start uh, drawing, write a journal, start a blog, do a podcast, um, you know, dance, find something that you can take a little bit of time for yourself. And it's incredible because being happy is super addictive and there's no guilt to be had by finding that fulfillment. Um, I'm not saying like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to become an actress or I'm going to, you know, be a playwright. Sure. Do it on the side, but you do have to take care of shit first. You got to take care of business and then do this on the side, but there's nothing wrong in taking a little bit of time and really fulfilling who you are. And this is where kind of the balance of, is it hedonism or is it, you know, taking care of yourself? And I think that's a fine balance, uh, that maybe not everybody's had. But one thing to always remember is that nobody's life is perfect. There is nobody out there that has a perfect life. We're inundated every day on social media about people having perfectly white living rooms. I have a white living room. Everything's washable, by the way. Um, uh, you'll see people on these incredible holidays. Maybe they got bed bugs and didn't talk about it. Um, you see these incredibly happy, you know, couples. Who knows what the story is? We're all trying to do the best we can do. And if it makes you happy to post on social media and, you know, talk about your great life, do it. It's a people's insecurities that make them unhappy to see this stuff. And uh, be who you are. No matter what, um, be honest with yourself. If you have some really bizarre um, hobby that you love, do it. Enjoy it. I can guarantee you there are probably at least a million people out there that have that same interest. Go online, find groups, um, but don't get caught up um, in internet fights. I realized that um, I was reading a lot of internet arguments, and while they're fun and you want to bring out the popcorn, they also kind of rile you up and they, they make you kind of makes, well, in my case, it makes me angsty. So maybe sometimes step away from that. Otherwise, um, gosh, this has been very, um, very preachy tonight. Don't know what's going on. I just think I want to talk a bit about happiness and how it's important to try to um, attain it for yourself and get, find your own goals in life and find out what makes you happy and, you know, strive for that. And there's no point in saying, 
once this happens, then I will um, be happy because that's never going to really fulfill you. I kind of have said in the past, like once I have the center, then no, it's going to always keep, you have to keep going. You have to keep, you have to be happy now because you might not be happy when that actually happens because then shit just got real. <laughs> be happy in the moment. Uh, enjoy everything you have. Write a great gratitude journal. Find something you love to do. And even if you spend only 10 minutes a day doing it, you'll see just such a change uh, in your life. Put yourself first sometimes. Uh, make yourself a matzo ball soup if you're feeling low. And there's also no problem with having a bad day. Uh, sometimes you just have to indulge that and be dramatic. That's fine too. Um, yeah. So buy the tea towels, uh, buy the mugs, buy some decent underwear that, you know, elastic bands not falling apart or looks like it's been attacked by a honey badger. Um, <laughs> um, call a friend. Uh, connect with an old love. Um, don't break up with someone whose dad ends up on the Forbes list. Um, just because <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful evening and, uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. There are many more to come with some interviews and I think I'm actually going to do a kind of a recap of some of one of the best witch films ever because Halloween's fast approaching called the craft. So stay tuned to that. All my nineties friends. And again, have a wonderful evening. I hope you have a great weekend. And all I can say is toodles. <laughs>